Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plates you pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, it is no secret, of course, that we live in the age of big data, which has opened up Lots of interesting ideas and services, but uh, with that also is the age of surveillance, which raises a number of other questions, especially as those two things uh, frequently uh, overlap and potentially come into conflict. Uh, last week, insurance giant John Hancock announced that it will stop underwriting traditional life insurance plans and only sell what they refer to as interactive life insurance policies that can adjust premiums based on the insured individuals using a health and fitness tracking device, such as a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. Uh, basically, if you report certain milestones, uh, you can get premium discounts and other benefits and perks. Uh, the near immediate reaction to this that I saw on Twitter was generally people freaking out about it, uh, calling it intrusive and promoting surveillance culture. And I see that point. Uh, but I also see the flip side of this, which is that uh, encouraging good, healthy behavior is not a bad thing. And uh, tying healthy behavior to life insurance rates um, makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Uh, and on top of that, uh, part of the this offer is um, you don't have to log uh, your health data to use this insurance policy. So it's not a mandatory reporting if you don't want to, though. Uh, you obviously won't get the discounts and other perks if you don't provide that data. Indeed, to some extent, this um, seems like a move towards the somewhat disruptive idea that I've talked about in the past, uh, which was actually based on a throwaway line in an old Andy Kessler book uh, saying that I'd rather have my life insurance company in charge of my health care than my health insurance company because the life insurance company has a much greater incentive to actually keep me alive uh, and coming up with a system that aligns incentives and encourages healthy living actually does seem like a good thing. Now, at the same time, I still have lots of concerns about the general expansion of surveillance society and why we should be concerned about that. I don't think that there are legal issues necessarily here, though you do touch on some gray areas when you start talking about health data. But my two major concerns are that we have no idea how well these companies will protect that kind of data. Uh, it's a very different type of data than they're used to hosting and uh, in some ways could be a lot more valuable, opening them up to more kinds of attacks. On top of that, it becomes just yet another point of attack for intrusive government surveillance as well. Uh, some people might not consider this information that valuable to governments, but in just the last few months, there have been reports of health tracking data revealing things like uh, troop movements and devices like these, like Fitbits and Apple Watches have actually been banned from some military bases because of that. So because I can see both sides of this issue and I'm a bit conflicted about it, uh, I figured it was a good one to talk out and think through some of these issues. And to do that, we have our usual co-hosts, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy. 
Uh, and I'll start by giving the broad generalization that both of you tend to be, uh, generally speaking, less concerned about the privacy implications of big data. Um, and uh, we didn't talk about this before we started the podcast, so I am curious what your reactions are to this. And am I right in assuming that you guys are l perhaps less concerned than everyone I follow on Twitter? Um I mean, I, I think that's that's a fair assessment for, for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think that for me, it's a, it's not that I'm less concerned about the privacy. Uh -huh. I'm just more excited about um, what it can deliver, right? Like, what, I think it's a fair exchange. Like, sharing data in exchange for certain things. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity to to kind of provide more data and and get benefits, right? And I guess I, I guess that does mean that I am less concerned with with the <laughs> privacy implications. Um, well, I mean, so so to some extent, and and I haven't seen this brought up as much, but but um, there are similar like you know uh, car insurance policies, right? Yeah. Where you submit data and, to and the guess car which, insurance. And guess who's a customer? <laughs> right, you are right. So you yeah, do I'm, that, I'm right? a customer of you know, and my 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 insurance provider, Metro Mile, um, you know, gives me a GPS device to plug into my vehicle, which I happily do. Um, they charge me for my insurance based on it's a per mile, and as far as I know, my rate doesn't change based on the other data that they may or may not have, which is like you know acceleration rates, um, you know where I drive. It supposedly is only influenced by the number of miles I drive. Um, although when my rate does change, you know when it does change, like I do wonder how much of my actual like other data is influencing that, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's the exact same thing, by the way, with health data, right, Dennis? You're, you'd be happy to share your data if your rates didn't go up. But then if after sharing your Fitbit data, all of a sudden the insurance company says, oh, huh, you know, we've got to raise <laughs> yeah. your rates a lot. You're going to yeah. die. You're <laughs> going to be like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're not that be, healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're not that happy anymore. Right. right. Sure. I mean, I think that, I mean, there is, I think, I think there is a law that actually says you're not allowed to use this data to increase people's rates. I may, I may be wrong on that, but how do I know? Right, you're right. Like, like basically every year I get a rate. I could go back out onto the open market and be like, cool, you know, for 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 on the open market, what what would my rate be if you didn't know anything about me? And that's the only real way that I could probably check, right? Like check up on whether right. or not. And I, and I think that that's. That's kind of the, the, the check, right? And and when well, I though, though I do wonder, frankly, if, if I'm a if I'm a competing insurance company and I see yeah. people leaving uh, Metro Mile or, or one of these tracking ones, mm -hmm. I wonder if that is uh, a signal of someone who has uh, unhealthy or, or bad practices. Right, right. So, <laughs> I mean, well, but I, but I do shop around, you know, and and consistently I'm still given a better rate. But I think that's actually because for the low, I live, you know, I live. In San Francisco, and I drive my car rarely. So, for the low number of miles I drive, right. um, most standard insurance companies don't know what to do with me, right? Um, so, so you're right. It's like if I'm leaving Metro Mile, uh, and they, you know, they're giving me a, an, a crazy high rate. Would another insurance company be on, you know, on the lookout? Be like, whoa, <laughs> what what do they know that that we don't know? Um, they've been watching his driving for the past year. And why is he leaving? Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. I, and are we sure that they can't use the data that they're collecting to to the change the, their actuaries? I, I mean, why do they even no, want the data? I, I hope they're, they're using, using the data. I mean, I want them to to charge me a, a fair rate, right? Um, and I think that that's that's part of. I mean, my, I'm very optimistic 
you know, I'm an optimistic data provider. Um, I want you to use my data to charge me the right rate because I think I'm a good driver and I think I'm a healthy person, right? Um, right. Now, so, so I don't necessarily want to be assessed a high risk simply because I'm, you know, the the other way people do it is, you know, what gender, zip code, age, um, mm-hmm. and I, and I feel like that's unfairly assessing like my my car insurance rates. So why wouldn't I want to provide my data to get a better rate? Yeah, but coming back to health, what if it turns out that in fact other people are subsidizing you and you're the unhealthy one, right? Like, right, and that's then then I would opt for the other life insurance plan, <laughs> which does not track. Well, the, well, this gets into like you know the, right? the the basic nature of of insurance, where you have yeah. you know moral hazard and adverse selection issues. Um, which is why in some cases we require insurance right. uh, and also why insurance is done generally in large pools so that you sort of balance out and some people are absolutely subsidizing other people. Yes. But we sort of consider that okay because on on the whole it sort of balances out across, you know, across everything. Where when you... So when you segment it to the point where you have such specific data, um, the economics of it could actually change quite a bit. I actually think Dennis is actually not thinking about the insurance uh, risks correctly when he says that, oh, you know, I'm an active person, so I, I should have a lower you know, insurance rate. It's actually, I think, probably the opposite because if you ski and you're bicycling, I mean, those are two activities that often end up in, like, very expensive accidents. No, it's true. Uh, I mean, this is, and but so, this is life insurance. So there's there's actually yeah. – I, I, I keep getting targeted on Facebook for life insurance ads. Um, specifically targeted for cyclists, right? So I do a lot of cycling. Um, and I'm wondering, I'm like, really? Are cyclists a better, like, is, is, is it a better segment, you know, to be targeting, like, the specific life insurance for? Like, because don't we get in more, I mean, definitely if you ride a bicycle, you end up in more bicycle accidents, right? Whereas compared to a person that doesn't ride bicycles, right? So, well, actually, so there I would maybe – you probably end up living longer, but you just right. take – end up being more expensive, like you know, fixing your broken wrists and stuff, right? That's right. health insurance. So I guess it would be different. But um, in terms of like – I think everyone's individual opinion is bound to change based on where they fall on this, right? Like I think sure. everyone intuitively thinks that they're the ones subsidizing everyone else. But I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn that they're actually being subsidized. I think um, you know uh, uh, this on this exact topic. I was recently talking to someone, and um, actually, no, I wasn't talking. I was debating with them on Reddit, <laughs> and, and uh, it wasn't a someone; it was an absolute stranger. But in any case, <laughs> so just to modify the story a little. But um, the debate was about like this guy was complaining about um, about uh, you know why do I have to subsidize people on health insurance? And so this was a debate about Obamacare, right? And I went through and I looked at what subreddits he was on. And he had posted some stuff about doing some, like, crazy, like, skateboarding things, right? And I was like, you realize that, like, we're all subsidizing you. Like, you are probably breaking your bones and everything very, very often, right? Like, you've probably, at the age of 20, have probably spent more on your health care and your broken shins and stuff than I've spent in my entire life. And I'm, I'm in my 40s. Right. So like I'm actually subsidizing you, 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 you think you're subsidizing me, but actually I'm subsidizing you because you're particular, you're not just a random 20 year old sitting on his couch playing video games. You're a guy skateboarding and going down rails and breaking your collarbone and shit. And then you also post very proudly about it on Reddit. So it's like, you know, it's not a behavior that's likely to change. So we're probably going to end up paying for a little bit more of your broken bones. Right. So, so 
if somebody actually collected data about this guy using if, if they had a good enough tracking device they would realize that certain parts of the day that this guy's actually skateboarding or maybe the sensors are so good that they can actually detect that he's um, well, I don't know what the trick is ollieing up to a rail I don't know Dennis you tell me you're the hip guy <laughs> but whatever it is kick flip or whatever they do and then he's kick flipping right onto his face and losing all his teeth and now we gotta fix his broken jaw right like, like if they can actually detect that like yeah this guy should be paying a lot for insurance and he should be punished on his rates every time he goes skateboarding. But people aren't so, going to so, actually want that, right? So, right. I mean, how would you feel if your insurance company was following your Facebook posts and your Reddit posts and saying, oh, it, look, it appears you are engaging in dangerous activity. We should raise your rates. Would that, Dennis, would you be comfortable with that? I think the problem is the raising of the rates, right? I think, I think, no, no, no. It's and all I, good if it's going to lower no, my rates. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's why it feels okay, right? Like basically if I'm – the alternative is – I want, you know, I want there to be a provider that is basically giving so, a blanket so, but, price okay. without so, so, this data, without information. Sure. But, right? but so now let's let's. So let's I want to be take rewarded, a, right? right. And, so and and, and, yeah. and and if you if you paint the world as as sort of black and white with like yes. People with good behavior should have lower rates. People with bad behavior should have higher rates. Then maybe that makes sense. But there are a lot of people who don't fall into either of those two categories necessarily, right? So I've already seen, for example, people concerned about you know people with disabilities for whom uh, you know uh, an Apple Watch or a Fitbit tracker is not going to um, right. you know not going to be useful or not going to portray accurate data or useful data in that sense, and yet they're effectively punished for this kind of thing, right? I mean. Aren't aren't people with like pre-existing conditions in terms of their health already so-called punished for those conditions? Aren't you right? Isn't your health insurance like more expensive if well, you have if you've been diagnosed with certain diseases? Like you have to you have to do a health you have to go through a physical when you get most life insurance mm-hmm. policies, right? Sure, but so, but you know being being disabled doesn't necessarily mean you die earlier, right? Sure, but but it is I, I like I'm not familiar with how life insurance pricing works or. But if you're no, disabled. you certainly do. If you have conditions in the, there's right. no, there's if, no, if you have yeah. conditions that will will make you die, but if you just have conditions that mean you're in a wheelchair or um, no, even that I think because it reduces your cardiovascular health, and in the end, you you may die. Right. So not maybe, something so related that, to your I feel like the models probably already bake that in. Already. No, they do for life insurance. I think right. I think that I think I think we can all feel maybe a little bit more comfortable about this data being used for life insurance simply because life insurance isn't so much a necessity for you to live as so much as a comfort for your uh, friends and family when you die. Right. But, but a, but health insurance, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. if people started using this kind of data for health insurance, I think we would start having problems because now all of a sudden it's basically for the reasons that Dennis just raised, right? Like if, if you have preexisting conditions, right. uh, If they can detect it, like uh, now you can't get cheap insurance anymore or you can't be insured right. at all. Like, like these are problematic things. And maybe Especially that just... Especially when health insurance is compulsory. Yeah. Like if you're not given any option, um, you know, basically it's not really an option if it's priced out of your reach, right? That's part of the compulsory, like, life insurance plans, right? Or health insurance, rather. Um, and I think that's that's the issue is that if you don't want this life insurance, if there's not a provider out there that will provide you a lower price but, you know without tracking then you know and on top of that life insurance is optional you know all of those factors play into the fact that i feel like it's okay yeah right? but but 
I think there's an element of of subsidy in health insurance, anyways. Like, and so yeah, for sure. If there's I mean, already that's... if there's already going to be a subsidy in it, then maybe the companies maybe will never bother to do this kinds of tracking simply because they would have to subsidize across segments anyways, and it wouldn't that's, make that that's, much sense. That's correct, and I think that the health insurance companies are not incentivized to provide like a life, you know, like a life choice discount, right? Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because the healthy people are supposed to be subsidizing the people that need more health care right and i think that that's that's the distinction between health insurance um, in exchange for data tracking versus something you know more with more options like auto insurance or life insurance i mean does that i'm working this out as, as i'm talking so. <laughs> no no it makes sense i think i i think this gets to a hairier thing right mike which is that yeah. which is that the way health insurance works in this country um, is that if we find that it's a social good for there to be sort of cross subsidies between different groups because we need young people to subsidize old people's insurance or something like that, we apply – we ask for that subsidy at the point of the insured. The insured pay that subsidy, right? Right. Whereas uh, that's almost market distorting because I, I think a better <laughs> – Not almost. Very, it is. It's, it's very market, market distorting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what you should really do is that if it turns out that people can't pay for their actual uh, assessed risk rate, then that subsidy should come from the government directly. At the end of the day, we're paying for it. But the way we're paying for it is a very regressive way. Like the people who are making sure. the least amount of money, these 19 and 20-year-olds, are sitting there subsidizing really old people who probably have a lot more money, right? And well, well, no, no, I mean, no, no. Well, not necessarily, but, but, but on but, average. But, there's but, an income thing too. Well, with, there's, with there's a whole bunch of things. And then yeah. if, if we're going to go down health insurance policy, right? I mean, there's this also is, when, you talk, when you're talking about older people, there's also Medicare, which is right. – that is the government subsidizing. Yeah, exactly. yes. So, But we're, we're getting a little far away from the topic. Well, I think one of the things – here's where it becomes interesting, right? It becomes inter- it becomes interesting and perhaps more morally palatable to use all this kinds of heavy tracking if we take people who are already subsidized, for example, Medicare patients, we track them, and then we basically say, like, look, you're not paying for anything anyways, but if you use this tracking and you follow a healthy lifestyle and allow us to monitor you and you meet certain goals, then you will get this added benefit. And that added benefit could be some kind of a monetary benefit or something, which the government decides is, though out of you know an additional payment to the people, it actually ends up being cheaper than actually paying for their health outcomes if they were not to do these activities. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. in other words, like maybe you get 10 or $15 worth of or $20 of free groceries or movie tickets or every, you know, every month if you walk X amount. And they track you to do that. And it turns out that this amount that they're paying for movie tickets is much less than they would otherwise pay if you didn't walk because you would have all these other complications as a 60 or 70-year-old. Right. right. So those kinds of things don't feel bad to me. But I think what will end up happening is because of the way the market is structured right now in every other health segment except for Medicare, people have an allergy to these kinds of things, right? Like they just have an aversion to it, to this data tracking, because it feels like things are going to be taken away um, uh, if they're tracked, that they're going to have higher rates. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. I think there's also just like, I mean, there are a few different angles, right? I mean, there's the the privacy issue. There's the privacy, general privacy issue. There's the paternalism issue. There's, you know, uh, all these things. But but let's let's get to the privacy issue because we've sort of studiously avoided that so far. Like, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have reasonable concerns about like, this is information that I don't necessarily want to share 
Uh, and now you could argue if you're already using like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, you're already sharing it with those particular companies. And in some cases, you may share it with friends or, or yeah. others. Yeah. You can open up that data and you have you have different options there. But, you know, sharing it back with an insurance company, I, I think, gives some people, you know, reason to be a little a little queasy about the, the privacy aspects of it. Should they really have access to that kind of data on you and like real time data on how much you walk today? I mean, I don't know, Dennis, how you feel about it, but I'm like, eh, so what? (laughs) I I, I mean, this isn't, to to me, the type of data that becomes concerning, ultimately, is the kind of data that would, um, that would basically prevent, give the government or entities a way of suppressing my political speech, right? Or political activity sure. or target me in various ways so, for unpopular political. So, so what if, what if but, it's used to, to track the fact that you went to a protest against the government? Um, so is location data included in that? So I guess, I it, mean, it could be, it could yeah. be, I mean, um, Fitbit in its, yeah. in its original mm-hmm. form did not have GPS data, but the later trackers I think are starting to incorporate. Yeah, yeah a lot of GPS signals. I think I would have more of an issue with that. Like if they're actually taking that data and then sharing the geographic data, like I think I would have. But you know, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not being consistent there because Google already tracks me every day of my life, <laughs> walking around <laughs> with my phone. I know they have my location data, right? And so, um, and certainly every time I use Google Maps, I'm not about to give up my Google Maps because. I can't. I won't be able to leave the house. I'm, I'm so. So, so on to, it now. in that case, the trade-off is worth it to you, right? I mean, yeah. so you're looking at it and saying, like the 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 value that Google mm-hmm. provides in terms of location. But services. you know, it, this is not a universal answer, right? Like, sure. if I actually no, was a Chinese citizen, I think my answer would be no to that, and I'd be like, screw all this, man, because I'd be a lot more worried, right? Like, they have a, a history of like Tiananmen Square type things, sure. and like, and given my sort of outspokenness, I'd probably get on the wrong side of things, <laughs> and I'd want to be able to stay anonymous, and then maybe they can use some of that data to track me down. I'd be a lot more paranoid, um, right? And so I'd I be think willing I to think pay more. I think there is an element of privilege in, in, yeah, in what sure. we're discussing in that in that sure. you know, in the United States, it's it's not as scary. To have your data, and, but and that's there. not even true for everybody in the United States, right? right? I mean, for some people in the United States, it's very, very scary, especially right now, that's right? True. I mean, you that's have right. that's right, that's completely no, that's fair true. and very yeah. privileged of me to say that's true. Uh, yeah. uh, if you're not a citizen, yeah, fuck that. I wouldn't. If I wasn't <laughs> a citizen, I would not be sharing anything. I wouldn't even be on Google Maps to be honest. I'd be trying to get one of those. I'd be getting trying to figure out some other way to do things. I'm not even sure if I would like. I'm like maybe this is off on like a dead, you know, you know, another track. This is not the conversation we're having, but but it's perfectly rational to be extremely paranoid if you're not here legally and you're going to be deported to some you know war zone, right? Like then you should be. You should do all the things that the that the tinfoil hat guys do, right? Like you should be like using Bitcoin for your transactions and you should be like living off the grid and like, you know, all those things to stay safe. Because yeah, man, ICE will come and get you. They already they do it, man. They will take right. your kids. But if you're just a regular American citizen, like, yeah, that shit's not gonna happen, bro. <laughs> Okay, uh, but but then, I mean, do you have any concern about the fact that like continuing to do these kinds of things sort of normalizes the idea that we are giving up all of our privacy in this stuff and makes it harder and harder for people who might, you know, or in the eventuality that that you are not in such a privileged position or just uh, having empathy towards people who are not in such a privileged position that they are increasing increasingly pressured into situations which they have to give up this data and their uh, privacy there. That's interesting. 
right? So, so you're you're saying we're kind of further distancing our privileged status by doing by having access to products because we're right. able to share without fear of privacy. No, I don't even think that's what he said. What he's saying is that by allowing these kinds of products, we essentially are bringing about a world in which these products are ubiquitous and you can't avoid them. And in the situation where you can't avoid them, if you're one of those people that has to avoid them, then you just end up getting deported. You can't avoid it. I mean, yeah, and I, I think I think I was saying the same thing. I'm saying that you can avoid them, but but if you do avoid them, then you are at a disadvantage, right? Like you're not you're not given the cheaper life well, insurance. You're, you're not paying less for your car insurance. That's a disadvantage, right? And you're and already you're not, disadvantaged. I think I think right. the real so this is just this is further creating yeah. that that gap. Yeah, it's just creating a situation where you can't exist. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm wondering if is it is it is it more fruitful to try to block these things that might create that dystopia or is it more fruitful to like take care of the root of that problem which is that like basically sure don't have administrations that do crazy <laughs> right? like, uh, but but i don't know I, I maybe there is a sort of a fatalism there which is that like eventually you're going to have a bad administration and so that's why we have certain protections because we don't just bet on continuously having good administrations eventually you're going to have a bad one and that's right. why you want these protections and if that's the case uh, yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> I did i get I a concession that. out of hirsch <laughs> no i think i think that uh, like if if, if I, I don't think the current regime of tracking is necessarily problematic because there's always spaces where people can escape to mm-hmm. and but i totally can see let's say 20 years down the line where it's like it's like China or India right where you all the transactions are moving digital right and you barely can use cash anymore and yeah. if you don't have these options to use non fiat currency non track currencies like bitcoin or ethereum or something like that that can be used anonymously then you really can't live on the margins anymore without being tracked it's like really not possible and yep. and if if every single citizen is walking around with their like you know Android Watch 2000, you know, version 55 or, you know, Apple Watch version 55, which tracks everywhere they go, you can just actually find the dissidents very easily by seeing the people who aren't wearing the watches, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's, like, issues like that. So uh, I I think – I actually, I think the way out of this is to make it so that the government uh, – finds it very difficult to coerce data out of private companies, right? Like there should be some kind of encryption regime or something like that. But that's like, I mean, that's very right, right now. We're not in that world at all. Yeah. I mean, we're in the yeah. opposite, right? I mean, the government has, yeah. has almost, you know, full access to this data yeah. when it wants they it. They subpoena I mean, whatever they want. And they, yeah. They yeah. I mean, there are some limitations. You have some companies that will push back in certain cases, but, but generally speaking, they can get a access to most of this data. I mean, we have the whole third party doctrine, which is basically once you have given up that data to a third party that they you know you have lost your privacy interest in it and that third party can hand it over to whoever the hell they want right. um you know especially being governments uh, so you know we don't live in that world and and then i mean to take it a step further i mean there is just this general idea of like if we are teaching everyone that you will you will and are being tracked and watched every second of the day i do wonder kind of what that does you know, at a societal level in terms of how people think and, and act and, you know, how how people will sort of deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, maybe people, I mean, it, as you noted, it is sort of already happening and most of us don't seem to care. But um, I don't know. I, it, it's something that I think deserves at least some thought. 
Right. Before I mean, we and is say. I guess is this progress? Are we moving? And and what where where are we? Like, how can we figure out? Well, that I mean, the, the, world, is, right? is is well, yes. I mean, that's which is an open question, but that also presumes that the, like progress is an easily defined thing. That, like, move in this direction, right? I mean, I think everything right. has pros and cons and yeah. and benefits and and costs, and and you're sort of always weighing them, and it could be different for different people in different situations. Um, and and yeah, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, as I stated at the beginning, like. You know, the use of data in, in these interesting ways can open up new and interesting services, can open up new and interesting business models that then in turn open up new services and, and provide serious benefits. And if it's keeping people healthy and keeping people alive longer, that's that's probably a good thing. But we have to weigh it with all these costs. And, and you know, so many of the discussions, I think, don't don't sort of try and, and weigh these things out. So one one other thing to think of in all, in all of this, which we haven't discussed also, is like mm-hmm. uh, how accurate is all of this data? If if they're making decisions on this, do we know that the data is accurate? Uh, and if you're going to get benefits for, um, you know, walking so many steps a day, for example, do you have incentives to, you know, hook your Fitbit up to a pendulum <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you know, lie to, to the insurance companies that they think you walked a lot more than you did? Right, of um, course. I mean, and surely, you know, if the incentives are there, there's definitely incentives to cheat the system, right? Exactly. Like, um, I mean, you can, is like, already a device you can buy on, like, Alibaba that, like, you put your Fitbit on and it'll... <laughs> it'll it'll basically walk all day. Are you serious? I think there's something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But I mean, I had a friend who hard, right? Like, a, a, a friend of mine told me, you know, about um, uh, well, a, a, a mutual acquaintance of ours who. Um, uh, that that she saw him like at the end of a day sitting down at the table just like waving his Fitbit back and forth, and he was just like, "I got to make my steps," and it's like that was just in the in you know. To lie to himself, basically, and and maybe to a few friends who are linked <laughs> right. to him on on, no. on on Facebook. I was just at lunch today, and everyone was talking about they are, they are all in a Fitbit challenge group, I guess. Uh-huh. So there's like a com- a competitive element to these Fitbit challenges. So that's probably what he was trying to do. Sure, but <laughs> that's so shameless. Then it, it, it is. It's it's, it's, it, it's it's horrible, and it says it says something. I don't know. Frankly, I think it says something negative about you as a person. But like. But if, now, if, no. But you don't know if he actually was part of the, a challenge like that. Yeah, you, but, you're, you're assuming if he, well, whatever, 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 it doesn't he matter. Was, there's, 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 there's no good no, excuse there's no good for it. No, no. If you're just if you're just deceiving yourself, that's then also it's, not a good it's, reason. It, it's pathetic, but it's not. It's not a good reason. Deceptive. No, it's not sure. a good reason. People sure, but, so but, but now let's now let's add in now let's add in this element of you could get premiums and perks uh, from your life insurance company from doing it. Now then then suddenly you start to get into the territory of is this fraud? You know, are you committing fraud against the yeah, insurance you company? I mean, you uh, are fraud. So so I can't wait to see that case, the first case of somebody <laughs> accused of Fitbit fraud <laughs> with a, for an insurance company. But right. I mean, it's it's probably going to happen, right? I don't know. I mean, like. You know, like I, I now have this like Metro model device, and I'm, I'm, I could just disconnect it and then not pay anything for my insurance, right? And at some point, they're going to be like, it, oh, did it you? It really? should be able to detect it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're basically, I guess, with this Fitbit thing, like how much, how much discount would they offer based on like, you know, great, if you did ten thousand steps a day, you're gonna, you're gonna save, you know, five, five dollars a year off of your, your premiums or something. Like, I don't, I don't know what the exact number would be. It just seems like a lot of effort for for a questionable benefit. 
And, it's in, and also since Maybe. it's not immediate. I mean, there's like apps out there right now that give you basically money and coupons for the more steps you do. So for the, I would see how much fraud those do first. Before what do they get out of you doing steps? Uh, it's it's like a, I mean, these these, these apps, I'm, I'm on one of them. Like I got, I can exchange my, you know, 10,000 steps today for like a, you know, a few dollars off of a lunch or something. So, so that, they probably just want to give you a few dollars of off on lunch to get attracted to the place yeah, anyways. Yeah. So and, that and that's just not the, the step thing is, is kind of like a, a fun little hook to essentially get me to get come back, you know, like mm-hmm. a reason why I'm getting these coupons. It's not just a, a coupon app. Well, if, if that, then that's just nonsense. So then you might as well cheat on that one. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's just gibberish. It's like we would have given you this for free, but we think if we make you walk, then you'll be more likely to use this coupon. I guess that in that situation, it's like nonsense. But but um, but here's the thing. Like when it comes to the fraud, right? Like yeah, there there can be fraud on the user side. But I think the bigger concern is fraud on the company side, right? Like sure. if they actually have to pay you all these things, then then it's it's like any other enterprise, like 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 Comcast or something. They have an incentive to screw up, right? Like undercount your steps or apply the wrong formula. It's it's crazy how many like companies that you think would have this kind of a thing squared away don't. Like for a, a simple thing like returning your cable modem at the end of your contract, right? Like. I've probably talked to, and this is no exaggeration, probably three or four different people over the course of my life where they've given me the exact same story, which is I ended my certain internet subscription or data subscription or phone subscription. I go to return a piece of equipment. The company takes the equipment, and then later the same equipment is charged at full price, some absurd price, like $500 on my credit card. And I go, I returned it. And they're like, no, you didn't. And then I have to like somehow figure out a receipt or another way, ask them to look at their camera at the place where I returned it. Like, you know, something nonsensical. No, you just tell them you returned it and they're like, okay. Yeah. Well, if they take your word for it. And here's the thing with something like this, where it's your rate goes down. Like, how are you even going to like go about going like, oh, well, you used the right formula or not. If, If their formulas are not transparent, right? Like, sure. You, you, you would have no idea. It's like, oh, huh. I guess my insurance rate went up, so I, I must be a risky type of person, or I must exercise less than the average. But you have no idea what the average is or what the formula was used. I mean, you don't really have a way of redress. Yeah, I mean, I think there was also some indication, at least in one of the articles that I read, that it's not just the the like you know step tracking stuff, but but they also want you to like track food and hit certain milestones there, and that feels like. You know, I think everybody cheats on tracking their own food just because it's a pain in the ass to track your own food in, in a lot of cases. So I, I really wonder how accurate that kind of data is and how useful it is, um, you know, for, for these kinds of purposes. But I, I have a funny story about that. Like, so a friend of mine was doing some kind of a diet study um, in back in university. And this is before smartphones and stuff. So he had some kind of a device where he was supposed to track every time he ate certain kinds of carbohydrates. I think it was like rice and bread and some other things. And then they would take blood tests on the weekend or whatever. And he got paid a bunch for this. So it was so hard to actually enter the data and he didn't want to do any fraud. So what he ended up doing is just he didn't eat carbohydrates. <laughs> he didn't eat any of the things in those classes, I think. Because he was like, this is just a pain. So he just, he just eat, eat. Like what kind of a test subject is this guy now? He's some kind of freak that never eats bread or cake or cookies or like, you know what I mean? Like, Well, that, and, these days that's, that's the fad. I mean, Well, I know, but this was a long time ago, right? Like in the 90s, like nobody thought about this kind of thing. So I'm like... 
I, I, I feel like if if that's really the desired outcome that you want, right? Like somebody absolutely just like uh, you know distorting their behavior, then maybe this is good. Like like well, well so I mean, things. but but I, I actually I do think that makes a, a really good point, which is that you know tracking data can also lead to distortion of data, and and right. even if you know you can say that this kind of the distortion of actions. Uh, in these cases are likely to lead to healthier outcomes. We don't know that, right? I mean, it could lead to other sort of weird, unexpected outcomes, such as in the case of your friend, um, you know, in, in a situation that may or may not have been healthy, but wasn't the intended interaction. The, you know, you, you sort of deal with the changes by changing your behavior in some way, but we don't know what that those ways might be and what that actually means for, you know, your life expectancy, for example, or your general healthiness. Um, and so I do wonder if you sort of, you know, pushing people in this direction, what kind of impact it actually does have. But isn't that what the life insurance company sort of wants? Like they would be okay. Well, if uh, right. If, if it leads you to a healthier longer. outcome, but, <laughs> right? but the question is, is that really what happens? And, and we don't, yeah, I don't know. That's what we don't know. And I mean, obviously like, Fitbits which is surprising have, to me have, that they, they're making that was John Hancock is making it mandatory for all policies to have a life, uh, to have a tracking app. That seems like, wouldn't I want to have to provide, Two options for my customers. Well, the thing is, you know, the the reality is that they are right because you don't have to report this data. So it's just that it is it's 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 just an option that is automatically included in every plan. The reporting of the I data see. is so, not so mandatory. So the news story, the fact that it was mandatory, wasn't that it's mandatory. It's mandatory it's, that you have the ability to tell them right. This. It is included. So it, it will be included with every plan, but you are not required. <laughs> that's I not mean, how they the couldn't. word mandatory works, right? But yeah. I, I, that's the thing. They couldn't. There's no real way that they could, you know, require everyone to report Which, this information. So people right. are already freaking out about the non-mandatory mandatory, right? And it's not even mandatory. <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, imagine how, you know, if you made it mandatory, you know, there would be all sorts of problems. Somebody's Fitbit breaks or the battery runs right. out or, you and know, then they do don't you, pay, hey. they don't pay a claim out because they're like, oh, he was, you've been missing in the past six months of Fitbit data or something. Right. I mean, there's all no, sorts of. But, that, but that's like really extending into like an absurd length, right? Like now imagine if they send a commando to your room while you're sleeping <laughs> and pick up, they look at your wrist to see if the Fitbit's on. And if it's not, they apply electric shock. Like, like, hey, let's not go too far. Yeah, but how much <laughs> discount am I getting for this plan? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if they even said how much the discounts are. I mean, the thing no, is like. Hersh's uh, commando, <laughs> commando plan, you, you'd go for that. <laughs> well, if it's a good deal, I mean, life insurance is expensive. <laughs> uh, you know like you remember the old pink panther movies where the guy had uh, the assistant that would what is his assistant's name kato or something would come out and try to attack him at different times to keep him on his the edge of his seat right like to keep him alert remember this no he had the assistant <laughs> anyway the guy's a detective and he had this he wanted to be like constantly on the watch right and like he wanted to be alert so he told his butler or whatever to attack him periodically during the day so imagine that's how your life insurance works. At different times in the day, they just send people to scare you, make you run half a mile, to, to right? Stress like, test your heart. Stress, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just keep you, you know, up to snuff. Uh, now there's a policy that would be that would be interesting. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think I think it's interesting. I do think people are overreacting a little bit, um, but I do think that there are there are concerns and there are issues that people should talk about and should be considering and like so many of these things i feel like we often rush into these decisions and and these concepts even if they are potentially you know in the long run very beneficial without necessarily 
you know, considering the, the full range of consequences that, that may result from them. So that's my concern, but I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fence overall about this plan. Like I'm sort of like, well, would I, would I agree to this kind of plan? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really would still would need to think about it quite a bit. Great. You wasted our hours. <laughs> supposed to come to some kind of conclusion. I, I don't think that there was any rule stipulated <laughs> that, that by the end of this, I had to make a decision. You guys can make your own decisions. I'm, I'm still. There's no winner. <laughs> is there ever Dennis is there ever a winner in these podcasts um, uh, I'm pretty happy with right. my car insurance bill <laughs> I win <laughs> well, well there you go are you going to get one of these life insurance policies then I don't know I'm, I'm looking into it right now yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, report back. All right. Okay. Uh, I think I think I'm going to call it a day for that, though. Um, guys, uh, thanks again for uh, thinking this through with me as I sort of try and figure out my own thoughts. And to everyone who's listening, thank you for joining us. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Thanks, guys.